0: All right, everyone, turn to your Bibles to a very familiar place. We're going to John chapter 8. We're going to John chapter 8. If you're here on Wednesday nights for our Journey with John series, that is where we have been spending most of our time the last couple of weeks. And so uh, we're moving on with that. Don't get too comfortable putting your Bible down because we are going to be bouncing around today. We're going to be bouncing around today. I'm not a very topical message kind of preacher. But I think this uh, this uh, church etiquette series is going to be something that is more topical. So we're gonna try and tread lightly and spend some time really just seeing what the word says about some of these things. Does anybody in here want to be a better church member? Anybody want to be a better? I want to be a better church member. Listen to me. Just because I'm the pasta don't mean that I'm not (laughs) ravioli. All right. Just because I'm the pastor does not mean that I'm not still a church member. I'm still a part of the group with you. All right. I'm the servant leader, that's it. But I'm still a servant, just like you guys are. And so, all of these things apply to me, sir. Yes, sir. That's right. Amen. That's right. Good job, Brother Greg. All right. So, turn over to John chapter 8. We're going to look at just two verses. Go over to um, John chapter 8, verse 31. It says, Then Jesus then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him if ye continue in my word then are ye my disciples indeed and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father we thank you for this day and for your son for sending him down the cross for our sins. I pray that you would utilize this message. Speak to the church the way that you spoke to me, Lord. And we'll give you all the honor and glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray and we're thankful. Amen. So we're working through the church etiquette series, right? We're talking about how to be a better church member. We spent the first week doing some preliminary stuff. Not too much in depth, but just giving a rough overview. Last week, we talked about the church and how the church is more of the spiritual body than it is the physical one. But the physical one is a reflection of the spiritual one. So we were talking about what the church is because that completely defines uh, how we view church etiquette. So we're still working on getting you right before we can work on getting everything else right. So what is good church etiquette? Tonight, we're talking about discipleship. Discipleship, all right, and that's one of the big things that uh, I asked a question the first week about who feels like they've been discipled. There were most of the room raised their hands and said they feel like they have not been personally discipled, which absolutely broke my heart. I was in shambles over that. Um, and then the other half of the, and then there were some people that said they uh, they follow the, what we teach here, but it's mostly because. It's what they've heard, not because of what they've seen for themselves. And so, of course, you guys know that my drive for you is to be able to be stand-alone Christians. You know what I'm saying? I want you to be able to grow with, with the group, stay with the flock. But I want you on an individual basis be able to know what you believe and defend it and know why to be able to point people to Scripture, to be able to say, well, I know that the Bible covers this reference or covers this topic, and so that's what I want to do. That's what I want to accomplish in this is for you to not be done. My goal is that after this series, you can be a better all-around church member, and then if you can identify things within this series that you need help on, come and talk to me, all right? Come and talk to me. If you're someone that says, Pastor, I feel like I need to be more personally disciples, let's set it up. If you want to, if you really want to say, "Hey, I want to be—I need to be better discipled," let's do it. I'm down for it. It doesn't have to be on a church day. We can set it up on a Thursday. We can set it up on a Friday, on a Saturday. I'm flexible. You know, we can sit down together. We can make a time. But um, if you want to be able, if you feel like you need to be better discipled and work through some different things, um, you may have specific areas you feel like you're weak on. You want to get stronger in. If you still need those things and you would like some one-on-one, or my wife and I will sit down together with you and talk through some of this stuff, that's what I'm here for. I would love it. I would love the company. We could meet at, we could come up on a church on an off day and come in at the church. We could meet in between services. We could meet at a coffee shop somewhere, or we can, you know, go to a breakfast place once a week. You know, we can do stuff. Let's, we, and it would give me a chance to be able to work with you a little better. So if you're someone that thinks you need some better discipleship, then come see me. If there's a whole bunch of people, we can set up a day where we can just be meeting, two or three of us, whatever, and we can just sit down somewhere and we can, you know, we can bring in some donuts and some coffee and we can just hang out and just discuss the word, all right? But if you feel like you're someone that needs better discipleship, I haven't been here long, but I do not want if or when the day comes that God calls me elsewhere or maybe you move on, I don't want you to leave thinking I didn't grow. Alright? I didn't grow. I don't want that. I didn't like that. That was something that bothered me. So I know I haven't been here long, but I don't want you to stay that way for long. Amen? you hear me? So if you feel like you need that, talk to me. Let's get that right. I want you to be nice, sharp iron. I don't even want you to be a sword. I want you to be that little mechanism that they use to sharpen the iron All. You know what I'm saying? That's what I want you to be. I want. You, what's it called? A whetstone? I want you to be a whetstone. we talk about whetstone Christianity. I like it. I like that. I might, I might slogan that for something. Huh? Oh, grindstone. grindstone Christianity, whatever it's called, we are gonna be some stones out here. All right. I like grindstone. All right. So you can go ahead and hold your place in Matt in John chapter eight for a little while. Flip over and ma- to Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four, as we discuss, um, as we discuss um, discipleship, we're gonna get some preliminary things out of the way, really quickly. Matthew chapter four. Some things we're going to talk about. All right. Verse 4, chapter 19. uh, Verse, chapter 4, verse 19. Something that's familiar. Um, Verse 19 says, and he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you what, church? Fishers of men. All right. Fishers of men. That's what I want to um, do. That's a little song that we used to sing um, in children's church. I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of men. Fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men if you follow me, right? So we're talking about that. So we're talking about, if you follow, right? We had the kids doing that part. But uh, <laughs> that's always a fun part. But we're talking about how to be fishers of men. So you have two groups of people. You're going to have the fish and the fishers, all right? I want you to think in your mind, which group do you fall under? Do you still feel like you're a fish? Or do you feel like you're, you're qualified, I don't say qualified because God calls the unqualified and, and qualifies the called, right? But if you feel like you are someone that is skilled enough to be a fisher, you know what I'm saying? So which group do you feel like you fall under? Hopefully by the end of this whole series, you will feel more like a fisher with an expert role. you out there catching those deep sea fish. I want you to be that kind of fisher, right? As we pursue grindstone Christianity, I like that. That's a new slogan. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a a copyright there. (laughs) Is that what it's called? Copyright? Trademark. You trademark that. You trademark. All right, whatever. All right. Flip over just a few more chapters over to 28, Matthew chapter 28. I want you to be fishers of men. All right. If you follow me. All right. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 28. Look at verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away unto Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Alright? So what are we going to find out in this discipleship, this discipleship lesson tonight? Number one, it's the responsibility of all believers to do it. It's the responsibility of all, deci- all believers to do it. Here's the, here's the truth, the underlying truth. I am not the only person in this church Who should be discipling Christians? You should be able to lead people to the Lord and disciple them yourself. That's I see that happen a long time. We go in and we lead people to the Lord, and what happens? Everyone turns in the card to the pastor. Here's someone for you to go visit. Here's someone now. Listen, I will go visit them. But you need to also. You need to be doing that also. So I want you to understand that it is the entire church's responsibility, not just the pastor, to be making disciples, okay? To be making disciples. I know that um, there have been people that I've been able to personally disciple, and now they are going out and doing likewise and making their own disciples also. I don't care about you winning them to me. I don't want you to win them to me. It doesn't matter. We want to win them to the Lord, right? So whoever does the work, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. increase, right? It's not about who gets the credit. It's just as long as it gets done. You understand? So it's the responsibility of all believers. What are four things that um, that we need to be teaching, uh, that we need to be doing um, as far as discipleship goes as believers? We need to, number one, understand that Jesus has the authority to command you to it, so do it. Mm-hmm. Jesus has the authority. He says, and all the power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. So he says, why should you make disciples? Because God, Jesus told you to do it. Jesus told you to do it. I don't want you to answer it out loud, but I want you to think. When's the last time I taught someone else the Bible? When's the last time I shared my faith and helped someone get a better understanding of the Bible? If you can say you've been saved a year, five years, ten years, fifteen, twenty-five, thirty-five, forty-five, and you can't think of many times that you've done it, you're not completely doing what you're supposed to do, Right? The Saul has to keep its savor, right? And you're the Saul. So you got to make sure that you are doing what you can. It's you have, Jesus has the authority to command you to do it, so do it. All right? So you got to do, how does it go? Uh, based on this verse, we find out that it, it entails salvation. Being able to lead someone to the Lord. Being able to lead someone to the Lord. And, and think about this, church. Leading someone to the Lord is really not that intricate, you're a sinner you deserve to go to a burning hell Jesus Christ made the way so that you don't have to if you ask for it, you can have it that's the short verse took me 15 seconds to say that now, knowing the verses and all that stuff to back it up, that's where you want to do some study but that's really the premise of it sinner, Jesus, salvation that's the bridge, that's it people get scared, but it's not that hard what did you do? Why are you saved? It's really easy to do. So just make sure you do that. So salvation. Number two, baptism. Baptism, right? And those that gladly received him were baptized the same day, Acts chapter 2, right? And so we want to make sure we understand that we want to show our new converts that they, after they get saved, that baptism is a source of obedience, all right? Which leads to the, to the third thing, is teaching the church, teaching your disciples obedience salvation baptism and then working in obedience because the crux of Christianity is is work, is working and walking in obedience that's it if you practice being obedient to God you are then practicing righteousness and you're practicing how to be a better child of God you can't help but grow as long as you practice obedience what do you think someone raise your hand tell me something that you, should, you need to be obedient in someone raise your hand and tell me not all at once Messina read your bible if you believe you're supposed to read your Bible, then reading your Bible is being obedient. What else y'all got? Pray. pray. All right? You believe you should be obedient in prayer, then pray. Yes? Fasting. Fasting. Ooh, don't say that word too loud, Miss. <laughs> because people don't, people, uh, people don't fast around these parts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And listen to me. Here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the, here's, the, here's something that you may not realize. It doesn't have to just be food. Fasting is depriving yourself of something that is a necessity to show God how important your petition is. So, of course, people normally go to fasting and praying in food and water because, of course, those are your most. But we understand that some people have dietary restrictions and stuff like that, so you can't fast. So do something else. Maybe you're a coffee-aholic. So you can do one week, no coffee. And when you start to crave that coffee, that's when you pray. You can do that. Maybe you're someone who is a... you're really busy on your electronics. And so you can do an electronic fast. You can say, no cell phone. Um, I know that how difficult it is to not have your phone on you in this day and age. But you can say, if you're someone that likes to scroll on Facebook a lot or do whatever, then you can say, I know I'm on my phone a lot, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my phone down for one hour a day this week, and I'm going to pray that whole hour. All right, outside of my devotional time. So you see what I'm saying? Things that are important to you, you want to put those away to show God how important this need is and then spend time when you know, with food and water, I was taught, you know, it's right when you're craving it, when you get those hunger pains, when you start getting dry mouth, that's when you pray, when you start feeling that craving, you know what I'm saying? So, fasting, fantastic. Brother Vince, I saw your hand up. Um, church. Assembly. Assembly of church. Yes, when all right, right, right. So assembly, right? Not forsaking the assembly. So so there's a bunch of different stuff that's obedient. So it's good to find out what those obedient things are. And then from there, you teach that person to practice that. All right? Flip back over to John chapter 8. Hopefully you held your place there. John chapter 8. Number one, we were looking at the responsibility of all believers. Number two, we're going to say, what are disciples? Number, verse 2, what are disciples? John chapter 31 and 32 kind of gave us a little bit of an outline on that. Then Jesus said unto those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So two chief things we get from that verse. Number one, believing on him. Continual belief on him. Right, And then secondly, continue in His Word. So those are going to be people. You can sum that up as to being what? People who are in pursuit of God. People who are in pursuit of God. Remember, you can be saved and not be a what, church? church. You can be saved and not be a Christian. Christ Christian means Christ one or Christ follower. You can be saved, but if you're not in an active, growing relationship with Him, however that means for you, then then you're not... Practicing Christianity, you may profess Christianity, but you may not practice Christianity. I meet a lot of Catholics like that. They profess Catholicism, but they don't practice Catholicism. they don't you know what I'm saying? So I don't want you to just be a professor. I want you to be a practitioner. Is that the right word? Yeah. All right, cool. So what are disciples? all right? So okay, um, so cont- believing on him, continuing in his word. number three, flip over to Timothy, second Timothy chapter two. 2 Timothy chapter 2. It says here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Circle that verse if you do. Circle it or underline it or whatever you do because this is one of the chief verses that you should be thinking about as you work toward discipleship. What's number, so what do we find out in this? Sound teaching. and the witnesses, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses... The same commit thou to faithful men. You want to get sound teaching, right? You want, you, as a disciple of Christ, you want to get the best teaching that you can to become more like Christ as best as possible and how to then turn that outward. Because what do you do secondly? You don't just teach, but then it says what? To commit that thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. If you're in Sunday school this morning, we're talking about wisdom, right? And so uh, wisdom is what? This is me giving you the information. Church services is me giving you the information. And then you want to take that and, number one, review it for yourself. Make sure you align with it. And then you want to be able to use that to be able to teach others also. You don't. If you listen to me, someone said this. As a child of God, you have the keys to the kingdom. And if you're not sharing it, you're selfish. That's a pretty harsh statement. But think about this. Someone say, someone said to me before, "X, why do you proselytize?" And of course, proselytism is you know sharing your faith with someone who is already of another faith. You know why would you do that? Because if I believe that there is only one God, one Savior, and there's an eternal hell, I don't care if it hurts your feelings. I want you to know this because why? Because it's cruel of me to share the gospel, not share the gospel with you, if I believe it's what will save you from hell. So I mean, I don't mean that I don't care about your feelings. I mean that I'm going to share it with you anyway. And if you decide that you don't want it, then that's okay. But I'm going to try, you know? So it's important for that sound teaching so that you can teach others. All right? Turn over to the book of Luke, chapter 6. The book of Luke, chapter 6. Luke, chapter 6. In verse 40, it says, verse verse 39, And he spake a parable unto them, Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? Verse 40, The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. As his master. So the goal is this, all right, well, let me look at one other passage. Flip over to 1 Peter chapter 3 and then we'll get into some of the, uh, the details on that. 1 Peter chapter 3, way over on the other end of the Bible. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. All right? So be prepared to give an answer. Number four, be prepared to give an answer. What is discipleship? Number one, responsibility of all believers to to do it. Number two, what are disciples? We talked about that. Number three, what do you need? Number four, be prepared to give an answer. All right? We want to prepare you to be able to give an answer. I hate, one of the things that, that scares me is someone asking me a, cre- a question about my faith and not knowing the answer. Anyone else can t- testify to that? Not knowing the answer? That's normal. That's normal. But guess what is also normal? Saying, hey, I don't quite know the answer for that for you. Can I study that out and get back to you? That's okay. My goal is for you. I like it here because he says no one is above, um, is above, his, above his master. And of course, I'm not your master, but I'm teaching you the word. And so my, my goal um, is for you to know as much and if not more than me. More than me. Listen to me. Like we talked about, what we say, grindstone Christianity. Listen to me. I want to be able to be sharpened off you too, and don't get me wrong. Many you guys sharpen me anyway. But I'm saying I want you to be able to be able to, to handle the word skillfully, right? To be able to pr- be able to give um, give an answer. So my goal is for me to expel as much knowledge that I know about the word to you as you work on learning the information also for yourself. You know, adding strands to your cord, right? And this is it. I, even though I'm the pastor, I'm still being discipled. You probably won't believe it, but I still call my mentors every week. Now, I may not be the same kind of discipleship that I would give a, a new member or someone who's trying to solidify their faith, but I'm still being discipled. I have pastor friends who are older than me who are helping me with this journey, who are helping me to, you know, things to keep in mind, things to pray for, things to wait, to sharpen my abilities here as the pastor, I'm still being discipled also. Paul said, I will never be able, I've never arrived. I'll never arrive. And that's what you have to understand. You can never just know it all. Alright? I'm still being discipled and I'm seeking to learn as much as my mentors or more than my mentors. Because here's the truth. One day, I'll be the senior you know, the senior pastor training up some younger pastors. Like someone is doing, like people are doing with me. You know? So, it's important. So you can you can so, so you want to be able to answer the questions. So you know the foundational thing. That's why some that's why doing that that doctrinal class was a uh, doctrinal series was good because that's going to cover ten of the broadest topics, right? And being able to answer um, answer those questions. And so you want to be able to be able to give an answer. That's why discipleship is important. Number five and lastly for tonight. What I want to do is I want to tell you what that requires that you learn how to do. If you're someone that is that that says, "Hey, I need to be better disciple." These are some of the areas that you have to be struck that you want to get stronger in and then everything else will fall under these different categories, okay? But what do you need to learn to do? Number 1, learn to deny yourself. Luke 9, 23, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself daily and follow me. All right? The natural human nature says do for me, do for me, do for me, do for me, do for me. Do you know you come third in the list? Love the Lord thy God, love your neighbor, then you. That's how that goes. All right? So you come way last. Society says that you come first. No. That's not how that works. We want to be like Christ, and Christ was selfless. And so you want to, So, in, in a good discipleship program, you'll be learning how to better deny yourself that you may present yourself closer to Christ. Number two, and piggybacking off of that, learning that Christ comes before everything. Christ comes before everything. You can write down Luke chapter 14. Luke 14, verses 25 to 26. I'll go ahead and turn there. We're not in any rush, are we, church? We're almost done anyway. Luke 14. I'll go ahead and turn there. Luke 14. And verse 25. It says this. And there went great multitudes. There went great multitudes um, with him. And he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, And hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters. Yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. What does that mean? God needs to have what the Bible calls the preeminence in your life. Which means the first place spot. I love my wife with all my heart. Babe, I love you. But she is not the first priority in my life. She's not. She's my first ministry. But not my first priority. God is my first priority. God comes before everything and everyone. You got to get in the process of doing that, which means what? You'll start, you start to get that down. You start learning that, hey, it's um, that there are things that you just won't not do. You know what I'm saying? That things that you just won't miss. Like for me personally, missing church is a no-no. Work around my schedule. You need me to do something or help you with something, then that's fine. But it has to be either before church or after church, but I will not be missing service for anything. Not anything that's manageable. Some things you have to do, and of course, you know, there's, of course, there's exceptions. But generally, 99% of the things I'm not missing church for, it can wait. I don't do it. Why? Because if, to me, it's a, important and a strong part of my cord, A strong strand for me. And so you have to learn. Uh, so for me, that's the element of my relationship with Christ that I don't want to give up. Right? And so that's why... That's why that's important. So number one, denying yourself. You'll learn that Christ comes before anything. Number three, um, the importance of loving God. What should you learn in discipleship? The importance of loving God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy might. Right? want that's, that's important to realize. As a disciple, you learn what that means. What that looks like. Why you can how do, I love, how do I love God? How do I do that? How do I work on loving God? Well, we know that the Bible says that we love Him because what? Who knows? He first loved us. And that God's love is unconditional. That's that agape love. Immutable, unchanging, unwavering. Alright? And that God loves us with that unconditional fervor. And how we should work toward presenting that same love back to Him. And so, a good discipleship will teach you how to, the importance of loving God. Number four, a good discipleship uh, relationship will teach you the importance of loving your neighbor. It'll teach you the importance of loving your neighbor. How to treat people. How to treat people. Because we naturally, of course, are we think about ourselves. We naturally want to do what's best for us. But being kind to people. And, I'm, and I look for ways, like for instance, and I, of course I don't say, I give you these examples not because I'm pious or haughty or patting myself on the back, all right? But just sharing some instances that the Lord has worked with me on. Hurricane came by, or the lack thereof, whatever, right? Hurricane Dorian came by, and um, we were gonna go, we went and stayed at my mother-in-law's house, and we went over there, and they already had a bunch of stuff. They already had snacks and water and food and all that other stuff, and so we had bought our own stuff because we weren't sure what was gonna happen, but we went over there the day before so that they were stacked, so what did we do? We went over to our we saw our neighbors outside and said, "Hey, do you have enough canned foods and you know non-perishables, water and stuff like that?" And the, we walked in the house. You were with me that day, right? And we went, stopped at the house and um, I was in the house. And the Lord said, "Why don't you go over there and ask them if they need anything?" And so that's so what we did. We walked over and said, "Hey, do you have enough stuff?" And that's actually the first time we actually met that neighbor yeah. and introduced ourselves formally. I said, "Hey, you know, we got this extra stuff, so we brought them some food and we brought them some extra water, you know." And, uh, but that's not to be but it's, that's part of loving your neighbor is, is looking, out for, looking out for each other you know what I'm saying how to be kind being cordial being loving you know what I'm saying all those different stuff and so it's important for that because the Bible says if you say that you love God but you hate your brother then your religion is vain right and so it's, a good discipleship will teach you how to work toward loving others alright so number one deny yourself number two learn that Christ comes before anything the importance of loving God, the importance of loving your neighbor, a good discipleship program would teach you the importance of the infallibility of the word or the perfection of God's word. You need to let, people need to be taught that the Bible is perfect. It's the inspired word of God. And that's, what, and that's one of the biggest weapons that I use when I'm talking to people about something. And they say, well... Um, I'm teaching them something or, or explaining something to them. And they say, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, then I'll say, do you believe the Bible is true? Yes. Do you believe the Bible is perfect? Yes. Then if God said it, he meant it, that settles it. Right? Listen, I learned to take God at his word. And then you disciples people, you teach them how to strengthen that ability. To not doubt him, but take him at his word and see if what he's saying is, is proper. And then lastly, for tonight, all right? And of course, with discipleship, remember, this is just a rough overview. We're talking about church etiquette. If you want or need this on a personal level, we can work through all these categories together. And I would be more, more than happy to do that. Because someone who is a disciple makes a stronger church member. And by bettering yourself, you better the entire body of Christ. And I'm, so I'm always down for that, all right? And that's why lastly... The last thing that a good discipleship program will teach you is how to be more Christ-like. How to become more like Christ every day. What does that require? What does being like Christ look like? Alright, so a lot of those different stuff. And of course, there's different things that you can talk about um, as far as uh, being discipleship, discipled. How to be a better husband. How to be a better wife. How to be a better mother, a better father. You know what I'm saying? How to do X, Y, and Z. Of course, there's a bunch of subcategories. Um, But these are some of the the big overview uh, ones as far as discipleship program goes. But I will tell you this, that discipleship with me and discipleship with us will be something that is in depth. And we'll sit there and we will go through things until we're done. And by the way, discipleship never stops. and never stops. You get to the point where it stops being a mentor or a disciple, disciple disciplee, and more of a friendship that you start building off of each other. Right, Mike? And that's how that works and so you want to be able to you become like he says the master teaches this person but then the student or the master the student then becomes and is able to teach like the master does right like the teacher does and that's my goal It's for you guys to be able to teach it too teach the word because listen to me that's called multiplying myself right that's called multiplying myself the more that you're able to do the better off we are you know what I'm saying and so that's what's important about it but that's all that we have uh for tonight again if you i know i said it just literally seconds ago but if you need discipling all right i'm more i would love to meet with you where we can meet together my wife and i can meet with you or we can have a one-on-one session or whatever you like where we can meet once a week for an hour a week and just work through different things if that's you or something that you need let's set it up all right let's pray